you know, to think that that all, the only people who are allowed to have a music career have to have to start young and have a linear progression of success until they're in their older years, that's just not the case. If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is the Working Singer Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited about this interview with Celia Chavez. She's been my good friend for many years. She currently tours with Enrique Iglesias as a background singer. Uh, she has sung background for Pink, um, and we both really got to know each other very well when we uh, toured as background singers with Melody Gardot. Um, she's just a great, caring, compassionate human being, and I am always so uplifted by our conversations. So I am excited. So let's get into it. First of all, thank you so much for doing this. It's so generous of you. I know you're oh, busy. Thanks, Jamila. I think it's awesome you're doing this podcast. So thanks Aww. for having me. Thank you. So, um, so you were born in Seattle, born and yes. raised. Yes, born and raised. Let's see what do we know about Seattle. Well, when I was looking it up, obviously I already knew that Kurt Cobain was born. Yes. There. I knew Jimi Hendrix. Yes. I did not know, and I was very excited to find out that Sir Mix-a-Lot was born. <laughs> yes. Yep. He sure was. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. did that inform your any choices you made, knowing that Sir Mix if Sir Mix-a-Lot could do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'll tell you what. When when Sir Mix-a-Lot and Soundgarden and Nirvana all came out, um, it was really funny, actually, because Hart had made it from the Pacific Northwest, you know, the, the sister, two-sister-led rock band in the 70s. Yeah. And they were kind of, it was kind of like a fluke. Like, it was definitely, like, Seattle was a, was definitely not, you know, the more cosmopolitan place it is today, it was, it was really, I mean, it's still kind of a little hippie-ish. I guess I shouldn't, I can't really speak to it because I don't live there. I haven't lived there for many years, but I mean, it wasn't the kind of place that you thought rock stars would come out of. Mm -hmm. So the Wilson sisters were definitely a beacon for me and, and role models for me. Um, also as far as like what you could do with your voice as a woman, mm. um, in rock music, in music, you know, you'd be powerful and you could do these things that weren't pretty. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I really loved them growing up. Um, but when those guys came out, you know, when in the indie scene in the 90s, um, that really, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, Seattle is a good music town. And um, I, I, it didn't really inform me musically. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't really say that. I mean, I was definitely, um, I loved groups like Soundgarden and the Screaming Trees, but I don't feel like it comes out in my music. It's definitely in my vocabulary and, and like, I love that music because it's what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, 
And it makes me think of home, you know, and I remember traveling on tour and, and hearing Soundgarden in Europe for the first time and like realizing, oh, damn, they really did make it big. Like, mm. you know, it's playing in a bar and people are singing along. And this, I was in like Austria or something, you know, and mm. I, I just, it really hit me that, that, um, that, yeah, that many years later, that was many years later. That was just maybe 10 years ago when mm. that happened. And it really, I didn't really dawn on me till then that they were, that there were groups from Seattle and musicians from Seattle that were loved worldwide. Um, mm. So, you know, does that answer your question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Wait, who are you in Austria with? Oh, I was um, out there with Pink. I was singing with Pink at the time. Oh, right. Not, yes, we will get, we'll get to Pink. Oh, uh, no, but, I'm sorry, not Switzerland. I was in Switzerland. Switzerland, sorry. okay. Yeah. And, of course, Soundgarden, you know, the lead, we lost a lead singer mm, yeah. recently. Um, incredible gorgeous voice and such a huge, such a huge loss. That really made me sad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was really tough to take, but yeah. um, it's, it's just a real lot. It's, it's a shame that, mm -hmm. that we don't have that, that um, Chris Cornell's gifts in the world anymore. Mm. Um, and it's a shame for his family. Um, Absolutely. So anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> for sure. Um, so did you grow up singing? I grew up singing, but not publicly, but yes, I did. I sang um, in choir. I sang in, in school. Mm -hmm. um, my mom grew up um, in music, not career-wise, but in her home. She learned to play piano. She listened to a lot of music. She played a lot of music in the home for us, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, maybe not for us, for herself, but we, you know, soaked it up through osmosis and environmentally. What kind um, of, uh, who were you, who was she listening to? Oh man, she listened to um, a, a lot of like jazz standards, great, you know, American songbook stuff, musicals. She loved musicals. She loved opera. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember you know, a lot of memories with her growing up would be, sitting in front of the TV watching the Metropolitan Opera broadcasts on PBS from Lincoln Center. Oh, wow. um, and that was like my exposure to opera. And, um, and she subscribed to, and, I, and this blows me away nowadays because she was, uh, my mom and dad split when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And yet she ma managed to maintain this level of culture in our home that I, like, I, to belong to the opera, to subscribe to the opera, <laughs> that's not cheap. Yeah. and putting yeah. us all through piano lessons. Um, mm. So she obviously thought it was really important that we have music in our lives as kids and as adults, obviously, because mm. we, we still do, all my brothers do. Mm. All so, my brothers, all two of my brothers and me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when did you start performing then? Well, Jamila, <laughs> when you say performing, um, I do remember my mom also part of what she did was, um, you know, when she was relaxing around the house, she had, um, TV on and she loved to watch those crazy, um, variety shows they used to have with like, um, an artist would be hosting and then they have all these guest stars and bands and actors and like, you know, there'd be these weird mashups, like share singing with David Bowie or something. And these shows were on all the time mm. and during prime time. And she also watched Lawrence Welk. So I would like ape what I saw on TV. Mm. And, you know, we had this little fireplace in the, off the living room with a 
slate tile hearth kind of around the front of it. And it made a lot of really great noise if I put my, you know, my patent leather Mary Janes on my dress shoes and like pretended to tap dance on <laughs> and sing songs. <laughs> so that was probably when I was about four or five. And then I can't tell you when probably the first time I popped out and sang a little solo as the, you know, the angel in the Christmas pageant or something that got to step out and sing a line in Latin or something, you know, <laughs> at my Catholic school uh, <laughs> during a recital. But I, you know, that was part of my experience, you know, with all the music lessons and, and choir and everything in school. Mm. Um, and then I definitely remember singing solos in, in high school and getting chosen to do that, um, having an audition for it. And then, you know, surprise getting, getting the solo and then, mm. um, you know, having to, to, um, or being able to enjoy that visibility for the first time from, with my voice, you mm. know, mm -hmm. um, that was really a, a, a pretty great buzz. <laughs> nice. So then you graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. And then what, what, what's, uh, what's music life after that? I went, well, I went and I studied uh, theory and composition in college um, from a really great professor, Dr. Dr. Gloria Swisher. Mm. And um, a lot of the stuff I use today, I learned in her class. Um, a lot of the, the, like being able to write charts, being able to transcribe. Um, it was just really, really intense um, every day. It was uh, music theory, you know, learning music theory, but like we would start out the class singing intervals and singing the scale and um you know uh just things that i actually use when i teach now i you know i taught mm. a workshop this past sunday and i use some of those same exercises mm. or build off of them mm -hmm. you know to work with singers mm. and um yeah that was that was uh and i did the i think i did the musical i somehow got the lead in cabaret <laughs> oh no when kidding was, when i was in college I Which love is crazy. it. And I got to wear hot pants and fishnets and like <laughs> false eyelashes that. and which, you know, strangely, you know, uh, for, foreshadowed what I do now, <laughs> which is wear <laughs> hot pants and fishnets. And like, yeah. That's what I'm wearing now. So that's interesting that you Oh, wow. That me up. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So you studied uh, all those wonderful things in college, which are so important and beneficial, you know, as yeah. a singer. Yeah. Um, and, and then what happened? Were you, uh, ah. <laughs> then what happened? <laughs> then what happened is I, uh, I was in a relationship and I got married mm. very young, like right after I turned 20 mm. and I dropped out of music and I got a job and bought a house and bought a car and I became a middle-class suburban wife, <laughs> urban-ish wow. wife, wow. Um, and didn't do music for the better part of a decade. Wow. Yeah, like a Did decade. Did he want you to drop out of school or? or... Oh, um, yeah, you know, he strongly suggested that the time for the silliness of music and the fact that we would probably never make it. He was also a musician. Mm. And, um, and, you know, at the time I was really young and I was brought up Catholic and I thought, well, we're a couple, you know, we're, we're married and uh, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense that we should, now that we are um, adults, <laughs> you know, 
which is arguable when you're 20 in the United States, whether you're not really an adult or not. <laughs> but, um, you know, that it was possible, you know, at that time to afford a house in Seattle. And um, it seemed like a, a smart thing to do, um, to go for a little bit more security and sure. benefits and mm-hmm. um, a steady income, you know. And uh, yeah, so I just kind of disappeared into nine to five world for a long time. Not mm-hmm. doing, well, and I say not doing music, but it never left me. I, I, by the end of that period of time, I got really depressed and I didn't really understand why. Now I understand why. It's because if you give up your calling and, you know, the thing that you love to do most um, and that you're called to do, you're not going to feel right. <laughs> and it's going to yeah. be, you're going to be out of sorts, you know, and I was really depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had suicidal thoughts um, oh. and uh, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And um, uh, the marriage took a turn for the worst. Um, and I ended up leaving that situation. Um, and then I moved to New York um, mm. at the suggestion of a friend who was moving to New York, who was, I had made another friend, you know, when I came, when I went to this, uh, when I, I left my marriage and then the first thing I did after I moved out, I think I left on a Friday and then I had the weekend to kind of like cry my eyes out and figure out what I wanted to do. And Monday night, there was a jazz jam at this club called Tula's Mm-hmm. And uh, they basically were just like, bring charts. The house band will read your charts down and you can wow. sing with the house band. Mm. And for someone who's been out of music for over a decade, this is a big step. Yeah. But I just like, I saw it in the paper on Friday night and I just thought, I want to do that. And I had still been writing um, and I had still been making these little like demos that nobody heard on a, on a four track cassette tape recorder mm. in, my, in, you know, in our second bedroom. And I would do that when I got up in the morning um, before I had to go to work, I would get up at like four thirty in the morning and like do music for an hour and a half, take a shower and then go to work, you know? Wow. And, um, and I've, that's how I kept my sanity at the end of the marriage. And then, mm. um, yeah. And, uh, that was the smartest thing that I did to go Mm. to that open mic because I found that feeling again that I felt that first time when that choir director, you know, said, you, you know, sing this solo Mm -hmm. (laughs) in high school. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is what it feels like to sing and to sing. You know, I believe that is, well, no, that's not true. Cause I wrote it. I wrote a song in high school that the choir sang, but um, as an adult, that was the first time that one of my original songs had been performed in public. Mm. Um, I have a recording of it somewhere, but I don't know where that mm-hmm. is. I've like 20 times, but um, yeah. So. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So you, you That's leave the marriage. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Does that feel like so, does it feel foreign? Like when you think about that, you're like, you, do you ages like ago. So yeah. far away from, yeah. That's yeah. Just- I don't even know. I mean, I, I know intellectually who that girl was that mm-hmm. got married and, and stopped doing music. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, I, you know, I, th- that's not me today. <laughs> Thank mm. goodness. Um, so yeah, and that's another thing, you know, as far as singers, like, I feel like there's this idea that a singer does, you know, like the, the Justin Timberlake route where you, you get in early, you, you, you get, you know, that this is the way that you do it. And if you don't do this, by the time you're 30, just forget about it, mm-hmm. you know? 
Um, and if I believed that, obviously I wouldn't be on an international tour right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the people come to their career in different ways. And I'm certainly, cer- you know, well, you and me both, you know. Mm-hmm. And because, um, well, I, I want to say, because we haven't said this, that you and I went on tour together um, in 2012, right? Yeah, 2000. 2012, Melody Gardot. Yeah, and I think that yeah. both of us were kind of like surprised that we both <laughs> ended up doing that. <laughs> I had actually been out of work for nearly four years. I hadn't been on, been on a tour and I've been doing spotty oh. gigs, but I've been wow. working a job in Los Angeles, you know? Wow. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm really glad that you're interviewing me because I don't talk about this stuff. I feel like I came when I was in that period of time where I wasn't working, mm-hmm. I had a lot of shame about the fact that like I couldn't get Ugh. and I couldn't get a gig yeah. and there was something wrong with me and I was getting old and I was already old when I got here in, uh, in industry terms. Yeah. You know, I had been told I was old when I got to New York and that was, you know, five years before I, four or five years before I got to LA. Mm. And, um, anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, just that, that, um, I feel like I'm glad that that you're making me talk about this because mm. I feel like I meet people, I meet girls, girls, I meet women, and when I, especially women, because you know we have more of a timestamp on our faces when Absolutely. it comes to the music industry. Absolutely. And and I feel like there's this stigma against against or like it's it's considered foolhardy to even try once you're past thirty. Yeah. Continue in music, and um, there's just so many examples and maybe they're quiet examples of people who have careers but they're not like you know on billboards or they're not Beyonce center they're not Beyonce but maybe they're Bonnie Raitt or maybe they're Sharon Jones absolutely oh god yeah she has a really inspiring story yeah or maybe they're Lucinda Williams now she did start early and kept going but like you know to think that that all the only people who are allowed to have a music career have to have to start young and have a linear progression of success until they're in their older years that's just not the case yeah it's certainly not the case in my in my uh history i feel like there can it's like you're saying there can be a lot of shame associated with the fact that you you, know, you didn't aren't, make it by the time you were 20. You weren't. Yes. <laughs> millions and millions of people don't know who you are. And that must mean you are irrelevant, you know, and, and it's such a terror. It's such a toxic thought. Well, cause you know? I mean, yeah. Cause both of us went to the same class, uh, the sight singing class. And there, there are people in there who have, you know, who I've met back then and who have gone on to have rich careers and, yeah and really, really successful, making tons of money and doing amazing projects, you know, that I would love to be doing, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and then it's all in the studio and nobody cares when the project's done, what you look like or how old you are. It's just what you sound like and are you professional and did you have the skills you needed? Were you prepared to, you know, to read the score or were you prepared to, you know, is your ear good enough that your pitch is good and, and, you know, is your temperament good? so that you can work well with others in a group or work with the producer. I mean, Absolutely. that's all they care about, Yeah, honestly. Um, if you arrive on time. <laughs> if you arrive on time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So, you were, so you go from Seattle to New York, and then what yes. happens? Yes. Uh, well, you know what? When I got to New York, I think maybe it's because I was single, um, and I didn't have anything tying me down. 
in Seattle. Um, so I just really, it felt like clean slate time <laughs> in the big city, clean slate in the big city. And, um, and I, I only knew a couple of people, but one was my, um, at the, you know, at the time, best girlfriend. And I found an apartment a half a block away from her in Brooklyn. And, um, and I knew one other guy and he was in jazz. We talked about jazz, I think. And he was like a jazz arranger, a jazz vocal arranger. And, um, so, you know, um, I just started going out for anything where I could sing. I mean, and meet people. Mm. Um, and that was the best idea possible. Some of the people I met are still referring me for gigs. It's actually, some of the people I met referred me for the, the gig I'm on now that's gone on for four years. Yeah. From New York, even though I live here in LA now. Um, so, I mean, things just exploded. And I think it's because when I think back to that time, I really felt even though, you know, I wasn't a young pup anymore <laughs> in the, you know, uh, I felt very rejuvenated and I felt really open and I was approaching mm -hmm. situations just with gratitude and joy and, um, you know, just like anything was possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I just wanted to meet people. I just wanted my world to expand. And so I just went out and, mm -hmm. and I had a, a demo with me, you know, that I'd recorded on my home computer. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, and I remember I, I talked to one of the people that I had, I'd gone to this gig and I just hand, I like the keyboard player, what he was doing. So I handed him the demo and then we've been, we've been friends for years mm -hmm. since then. And um, he, but he just started referring me for things. And then I, I met another singer um, who I had seen her name, whose name I had seen on liner notes since I was a kid. And when I met her in person, because again, I didn't know what she looked like mm -hmm. because she was just on the records. And, um, and when she said her name, I went, oh my God, V blankety blank, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she liked my work ethic and, 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 uh, I guess how I sounded, I'm assuming, um, because she called me after our gig and she just said, look, I'm really busy, um, which she is. She's one of the top singers in New York. And she just said, um, who, who is she? Where's... Um, this is, she's, uh, Elaine Caswell. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that name. And I, I'm, I knew her from, uh, Joe Jackson records. Um, there's a, a, a record called body and soul. Mm -hmm. She sings a duet with him on. And um, so I had met her, um, you know, really early. Like, I feel like it was within four months of living in New York. And then she just said, look, I got busy. Do you want to, can I send you some of my overflow work? And I said, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting started. And that, wow. and through that, because she did such, hot, such good gigs, you know, I met other people. Mm -hmm. I met a guy named Everett Bradley, who then I ended up doing a bunch of projects with um and uh still I'm friends with and so you know I mean I don't want to get totally into the name dropping but basically I yeah. it was just when I look back at that time I really can see how just being open and mm. you know saying yes mm -hmm. and being cool with people I mean that earned me a reputation that that's has stuck thank goodness and um brings me work still yeah yeah. What kind of what kind of work uh, were you doing in uh, in New York? 
What kind of work was I doing in New York? Um, I, I also, this is the other funny thing about New York is because people aren't in their cars. This is different than LA. You take the subway and I met, <laughs> I met this guy in the subway who um, hired me to sing backup for a gig. And then he introduced me to his studio partner and his studio partner did a lot of commercial jingles and stuff. And uh, so I ended up working for him and, I, and he would call me often for things. Um, so I did a lot of that kind of work and, and I, I learned a lot of, um, uh, well, I did a lot, I did some of that in Seattle too, where you do the, like the rapid stacking and doubling yourself, tripling yourself. And so it sounds really thick mm-hmm. and stacking a harmony and it happens really fast. Like he's like, okay, do another one, do another one. And so that's kind of mm-hmm. where I learned that kind of working mm-hmm. in the studio and mm-hmm. how to just like really respond to the producer, you know, in a, in a, um, in a quick way. Um, yeah. So you don't really have time to think. You're just kind of just singing. <laughs> right. And, and bringing an energy, you know, you have to bring energy to it as well. So um, because you're trying to sell something, you know, it's, it's a, it's a commercial. Yeah. So, um, or whatever yeah. texture they're trying to evoke, you know, like the breath you use in Oz and that sort of thing. I think my breath, my breath you use in Oz got me my first national spot for downy fabric softener. <laughs> Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's the kind of work I was doing. I did a lot of backup singing in the clubs um, mm-hmm. in the evenings. I also was in a wedding a special event band that did a lot of weekend work. Um, and I also worked a job <laughs> during, the, during the days, during the week. So I was, I was really working a lot. Oh, wow. When I lived there. Yeah, I think I, I, I often, when people ask me about it, I feel like I, I averaged uh, I want to say three to six hours of sleep, like six hours of sleep, but it was a good night. And sometimes it was three or four hours. Oh, wow. I, I worked at night and then went, had to God. take the train into town in the morning to work. Um, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to live like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so how long were you in New York? I was in New York, um, four and a half years. So oh, not wow. that long, but I feel oh. like I was there. It was like my boot camp. Uh, it was like boot camp and it was in a great way and I made a lot of really good friends that and during that time yeah that's great you know that's a tough it's a tough place I feel like if you can get it together there you can get it together pretty much anywhere you know are are you saying are you saying if you can make it there (laughs) that possibly you can make it anywhere is that what you're saying (laughs) that song was no lie (laughs) (laughs) no it isn't a lie it is not a lie (laughs) yeah but you can't go in I don't know I I feel like it's an interesting place there's not that kind of competition like I feel like in LA Mm. um I feel like people um in my case like I was different and I was happy to be there you know Mm. um and there was this opportunity for not just me but like anybody with quirks like having quirks and being weird there I don't know I guess I can't really I shouldn't compare towns they're really like west coast east coast LA New York and Seattle whatever they're they're such such different animals but um my experience has just been really different you Mm. know I mean it's just it's just a different mentality because this is a tv and video town Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like you can look weird in New York and that's an asset. But mm. if you are outside of a type in, in LA, it's a little more difficult. 
that doesn't need to be a negative thing, but it's just, it's my experience. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. Um, so then you, you're in uh, New York for four and a half years and then what, uh, what brings you out to LA? Uh, um, the desire to get on um, more touring gigs, which mm. it was, it was suggested that that might go better if I was out here. Uh, um, a relationship that was bi-coastal and then in, in order to make it one coastal, <laughs> <laughs> I relocated. Mm -hmm. um, I don't regret that at all because I'm really glad I'm, I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, and it has been good. And, um, you know, and I met you. Aww. <laughs> Yes. And then I met my current partner, um, who is not the relationship that brought me out here, but I'm really glad that I came out here. I would never have met him. Mm. Um, and there's, there was really, I mean, like when I met you before that tour, I mean, I had gone back into the jazz um, scene and mm -hmm. that's how I met, you know, um, Pete that we were on tour with. I can't remember. I don't think I knew Mitchell before tour but anyway some of the cats that we were on that tour with were in the jazz circles here in LA oh right and yeah. um and so that was really nice you know and that that that's another good thing I think if you want to tell singers something is that no gig is too small because I, I can point I can I can look at the gigs where I met the people who got me the big gigs right and that's not a reason to do gigs just so you can you know but I mean it's like you practice your work ethic and you practice your craft on the small gigs, mm -hmm. you know, small meaning, you know, in the clubs and whatever, right. you know, yeah. in the cover, in the cover bands, whatever. And, um, you just, that's how you show people what you can do. And, you know, you and I are, you know, I think unusual singers and we went together really well on that tour, our voices and our temperaments and the yeah. kind of music that we did. Yeah. And, um, and those guys knew to refer us because we did these little gigs where we sang weird jazz, obscure repertoire <laughs> <laughs> right. and could hang with the boys. Right. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, um, I just know that some people, have told me don't do gigs for free never do a free gig don't yeah do these gigs where this isn't happening you know whatever i mean i i just don't think that's true for everybody and mm -hmm. um and especially if you're you're looking for opportunities to perform and, and right. to meet other musicians like why why um limit yourself yeah yeah well, certainly, you know, going to jams and, and things like that. Yeah. But also I've done charity. I've done like shows where I donate my time, you know, right. um, yeah. like those shows that we were doing, you know, the 80 show and like that Bowie show I, I did. I mean, right. You know, I got one of someone took a phone video of me at one of those shows. And that was my first audition tape for a tour that I got because they saw me in this phone video and they could oh, see wow. my full body and they could see how I moved on stage and performed and they wanted, and then we're like, okay, we want you to, you know, wow. Yeah. So, do more. So who is that with? Who was that, that? That's with Enrique Iglesias. That is with Enrique. Okay. Yeah. That got me the bigger audition, you know? Nice. So. Right. You, mm -hmm. Yeah. You absolutely never know. And you know, charity, I think is a wonderful reason too. You know, yeah. to do a free gig. I I definitely am of the of the thought. You know, I I don't uh, I I'm a, I won't run around town for you know 
any free gig, but there are some, you know, like the ones mm-hmm. we did with the Angelo. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'll use that name for him. <laughs> yeah. with, uh, Angelo. And for, for the family for, audience. <laughs> right. And for the people who, who don't, who don't know, uh, Angelo, he, what does he kind of do? Just sort of like theme free. He's kind of an empresario. He, he, yeah. he gathers some of the, uh, musician community to do benefit shows, um, focused around a specific repertoire, a specific artist. Um, what have, what have we done? We've done Bowie, mm-hmm. um, Peter Apes, Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, Talking Heads, um, Femi Kuti, or is it Fela Kuti? One oh, of those. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. But yeah, and and you know what? That those that's a good example of like a gig that was uh, done gratis, and I met a lot of people I didn't know before, and we had yep. a great time, Absolutely. and we made some money for charity. Absolutely. Yeah. And I got an audition. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So let's go to, how did you get the the gig with Pink? That was referral. That was a friend of a friend. Um, and I was subbing. That was a sub gig. I don't want to be clear about this. I have not gone on a concert tour with Pink. I've done a promo tour with her, but it was international and it was a lot of TV, mm. um, chat shows in the UK and and we did a, oh, that was my first gig. My first gig with her was the VMA Awards. Mm. Um, and uh, that was crazy. Because um, we did it in that street, you know, that New York street and the, what is that? The Paramount lot? No, not Paramount. Um, oh, right the, off the 101, you know, where the they w, have that. The WB lot in Burbank. That, in Burbank, yeah, where they yeah. have a street that's like the generic. Right, that, street. That, that, fake, <laughs> that fake New York street. Yeah. That and they we, use in everything. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this yeah. is the, this is the first gig I've had after four years of working, a, you know, like a, a non-music job. Trying yeah. To wow. Myself in between gigs. Um, right. In between having steady music work. So yeah. you never know how it's going to come back around to you. Yeah. So did you have to do like a, what was that like? Did you have to do a ton of choreography and? Um, no, it was just me and one other backup singer. And so we, we didn't have, we didn't have fixed choreography. It was just like rock and roll ah. duo backup vocals and moving somewhat in sync, um, mm-hmm. but rocking out and being fierce <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and singing well because she's a really good singer and she also has a really good ear. So um, I have heard that. Yeah, she works really hard. That is that was super inspiring to be working with her because I just got to watch how she prepared mm-hmm. before she, before a performance and uh, you know how did um, she prepare? She did some serious warm ups. Serious warm ups. She really like reached her through range and. Uh, mm-hmm. And did it gradually, you know, um, but wow. she's serious. Like she's serious about her craft. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the crazy physical stuff she does also mm-hmm. while singing like the trapeze stuff, the aerial mm-hmm. stuff. Um, she's athletic, you know, so um, that was kind of my first introduction into someone who got their body. So like I didn't, hadn't never had a, before then, I don't think I've had a gig that was really physically demanding. Mm. 
where you also had to sing and you had to keep your body in shape and have, you know, stay on top of your immunity and that sort of thing because mm. it was steady, you know, it was like every, I mean, when I was in New York, I worked all the time. I didn't travel, but I worked all the time and I was sick all the time. And I had a lot of like Band-Aid patch ways of keeping my voice functioning. Right. And, but it, it wasn't healthy. <laughs> mm. And like, you know, for singers, you know, diet, paying attention if you have food sensitivities and really, you know, knowing what that does to you and just your vocal apparatus, um, staying on top of your cardio. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. All that stuff. And, and really, I mean, I don't know, just, just overall, you know, I'm just realizing as I get older how much I do need to, I need to work out my whole body really because yeah. if you don't, you get tired, you know, and you get short of breath. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a much more concise way of putting what I just said. In my <laughs> I'm, I'm, good. I'm good with concise little bites okay. like that. <laughs> yes. I should be interviewing you. No, <laughs> no. Um, and then, uh, let's see. And then we meet, you and I meet at, uh, Gerald White's, uh, sight singing class. Yes. Yes. So that was something that I did in between to try to keep my chops up was taking that yes. class more so than important. once. Actually. So important. And also I just thought, well, it's at the SAG after building. I'm sure I'll meet some other singers <laughs> doing what I want to do. And maybe I can, you know, learn something from them. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's definitely important for singers to know, especially if they're starting out that it's really, I mean, singers hire other singers, you know, ultimately it's oh, like, sure. Absolutely. you know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're listening to each other. We're hanging out with each other. And I just, I just referred you for something yesterday on some Facebook group. Did oh yes. That? I saw that. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> and you've referred me for a lot of stuff, which I, I really ah, appreciate. Thanks. Um, but if that, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, and you're usually gone. So, you know, but you are the person who I, I, I usually think of first when, when somebody. Aw, thanks Jamila. You're welcome. It's a love love fest up in here. (laughs) It sure is. Um, so yes, Gerald White's class to, you know, keep our chops together, which is like so important. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not, uh, you know, you're in between gigs or whatever, especially if you are reading, Especially if you're reading, yeah. Um, if you're a reader, it's just important to just be reading. I, I'm, I got to get on my reading. I'll just put it that way. But <laughs> yeah, because that's another one of those things that if you don't use it, you, you, it gets uh, rusty. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then so we meet in that class, and I think like maybe what is it? A year later, we're both, uh, we both auditioned for the Melody Gardot tour. Yeah. Which was crazy. I didn't even know you were going to be at that audition. I didn't know you were going to be there. And I was like, ah, Jamila? <laughs> <laughs> but that and then was... I was like, I hope she needs two singers. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I think we're, we were the only singers they auditioned, I think. We're, well, and that's the other thing. I don't know why, but like most of the ones that I get, most of the big gigs that I've gotten, yeah, I, there haven't been a lot of people called. And like when we walked in there, yeah, they didn't call anybody else. I don't. Yeah. They just called I, us and then we sang with them. They were like, and then she was like, so do you girls want to go on tour with me? <laughs> it's like, like, yes. Yeah. It was really my first time traveling the world like that um, mm-hmm. in a tour. And so it was really nice that, you know, I was able to do it with you. 
you know, <laughs> we got along so well and we sang together so well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember, yeah. That's, yeah, we were really fortunate that the singing, well, but we had the same, I mean, we got asked to do because we had a similar aesthetic when it came to singing, I believe. Yeah. You know, so that was really smart on whoever, whichever of those guys had worked with both of us <laughs> and put yeah. us together. So. Which, yeah, which I think was Pete, because he, I remember I that call I got from that, from him and yeah. I was, I was uh, sitting outside outside of an audition in my car I was like warming up and he called me oh and uh and yeah he was just like you know there's an audition for the singer and uh I I you know I I was thinking of like people like singers that I like who I've hung out with who I could like be on the road with you know for months at a time <laughs> and I said oh well that's <laughs> that is a good that is an excellent thing to bring up in this yes. talk because there are singers who don't get jobs because mm -hmm. nobody wants to be on a tour bus with them for three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So singers don't be that person. <laughs> <laughs> Do not be that statistic. Don't be that statistic. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like you're saying, like with this, uh, this it doesn't matter how well they, I want to say, you know, it doesn't matter how well they sing. They can be like awesome singers and mm -hmm. have all kinds of credits, but yeah. yeah. You better be a fun hang because nobody, you know. Or a mellow hang. A mellow hang. Sometimes you've been on the tour bus for two and a half months and you just want to chill. You know what I mean? Yes. You don't want someone who's bouncing off the walls Yes. when you're trying to sleep, you know. Um, I don't know. It's just yeah. about being able to, to hang with a group and read people well. I don't know. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It depends on the group, obviously. but. Um, it's just, you know, if, if touring is something you want to do, then work on your people skills if you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some therapy, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. 12 step, you know, whatever you need to do. <laughs> okay. So let's see. We do the Melody Gardo. And then, okay. So you get the Enrique Iglesias tour mm -hmm. um, a while after that. So how did that come about? That came about through my New York connections, actually. Like I said, mm. even though I ha had moved, lived here for, how long had I lived here? Seven years. <laughs> I had not lived in New York for seven years. And three people referred me for this job. And mm. um, I, that's amazing. Um, because it's, you know, we, it's always nice to have one person refer you for a big gig. Um, so they really wanted to talk to me after that, um, those recommendations <laughs> and, um, yeah, again, I put, I throw it back to, you know, when I was in New York and doing lots and lots of work and showing up in a way that, um, and you know, I can't take total, I obviously I had, I was lucky to meet people early on who kind of showed me the ropes, showed me how to behave, showed me how what I was expected to show up for a gig. Mm. Um, and that's another thing. Um, kind of just observing, you know, um, and, and certainly, you know, ask questions and stuff when you're kind of learning the ropes, but like, see how your fellow musicians are on the gig. Like, what do they do? How do they show up? Mm. Um, you know, how are they dressed? I'm not saying you're going to dress like you're the rest of the band, but I mean, 
Yeah. You know, see how people show up. That's how you should show up. If right. they're already on the gig, if they, especially if they've been on the gig for a while, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, I feel like every, um, what is it, sort of uh, artist, you know, has their, their nucleus and that kind of nucleus has sort of a culture and. and absolutely. No, you're right about that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good idea. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like a good idea, I think, to like hang back a little bit and, and you know, not necessarily not be yourself, but certainly, you know, uh, it's like you're saying, have those people skills and, and take the temperature of the room and, and right. all that kind of thing, you know? Right. So how long have you, let's see. So wait, you get the Enrique tour. And I remember right around this time, it's like you, there was radio silence from you. <laughs> you didn't say what was going on. Oh, you're I didn't. Like, you're I like didn't. quiet, you know, you're yeah. quiet well, for a while. So what was going on? Were, were, you, were there rehearsals? Were there were rehearsals. I wasn't sure I permanently had the gig. So yeah. I don't like to say anything until I'm sure I have the gig because then it's like, I'm on the gig. No, I'm off the gig. <laughs> and then right. like, so I just like, you know, I just like wait till it's cool and, and we're rolling and, mm-hmm. um, you know, things are going well. Uh, I did on this gig just because I, I didn't know I hadn't worked with them before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's funny. I didn't realize that it, it seemed like that <laughs> on the outside. Right. Um, but well, when I first got, I mean, I didn't have very long. I think I had like a week to learn over 40 songs in Spanish, half of them in Spanish. Wow. Um, I hired a Spanish coach to work with me um, wow. because I had to sound authentic um, with an authentic, with the, you know, some guy who speaks fluent Spanish. And, um, right. and his fans are, Span- are you know. Or Latino and Latina, and um, so I definitely did a lot of work around that. Um, a really lovely singer and uh, and vocal coach, Layla Hoyle, was my Spanish coach, and um, she apparently had sung on one of Enrique's records back in the day, like when he was getting started, like in the '90s, like um, or 2000s. I'm not sure, but hmm. um, so she was really helpful, and she was so kind. Um, and just fun to work with. So um, she helped me prepare for the the final audition and she helped me prepare prepare for the tour. I went through the whole, it had to be like 40 songs or so that I had to learn in a week. (laughs) Okay. So So it was was a challenge, but it was great. I mean, you know, it was, it was, I welcomed it at that time. I was really gung ho about going out on tour. That's odd. Wait, so how were you feeling? So you had to learn basically, you know, to, um, you know, sound authentic speaking Spanish. Did you have a lot of chore- like uh, choreography to learn and, and things like that? And- um, at that time, no. At that time, okay. Well, that's yeah. good. It was, it was pretty free form. I mean, it's, it's, it's a rock show really. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh wow! Okay, because I I had imagined so that that'll make you feel a little less crazy, I think. Because I oh, always yeah. I always freak out a little bit if I have, <laughs> I'm not only learning like new songs, but I have With the to movement as well. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. know, just if you're mainly singing, you're probably not really a dancer with the movement. And right, you know, those people who can like I in the past uh, there was like a period where I was, uh, you know trying to add like actual dancing into my repertoire that didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> quite work out mm-hmm. <laughs> just because you know like those people who dance are like in class every day I mean they're just yeah. like 
And, you know, I think that's something you could learn, definitely learn to do better and learn. Yes. Um, you know, that's, that's actually a challenge for me. I did, when I was doing musicals, you know, in my teens and early twenties, you know, I remember being able to pick up a combination really quickly. Um, yeah. Haven't done that in a while. And so definitely yeah. like my brain connections with my body. I've, I've had some really, I mean, I seriously wish I could have videotaped my audition um, for this one artist. When I asked the MD, you know, I said, is this like you need singers who can dance or dancers who sing? He said, oh, no, we want singers who can move and stuff. And I get there and every other, you know, woman who's there is in like, you know, um, hot pants and, and tights and character shoes. And I'm walking in in a pair of jeans and, and Converse high tops, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, bleep. <laughs> and because I'm short, you know, they put me in the front row for the oh god yeah so I couldn't see because you know I can kind of fake it if I can see and it was it was Jamila it was so bad that like <laughs> I really it was it was I it's, it was funny um I feel your pain <laughs> I, I've been there and you know I've I've been in that situation where I put myself sort of in the back row because I'm I'm not tall I'm tall I could be tall-ish but you know tall-ish um and I would yeah. been in the back row, like behind people. <laughs> for I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, they know how to, it, it just, I, I found that it doesn't even matter because they know how to look, you know, they, they're used to like, <laughs> they, you know, they're used to things catching their eye and they know what to look for and they know who can, it's just, it's their world. Like we know how to listen. They know how to look. And, and, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, and you uh, know what they train. It's like, it's like, yeah. you train your voices, if you train your voice, you know, they, I mean, that said, you know, a couple of years ago when we were starting a new tour um, with Enrique, he hired a, a choreographer to come in and work with me and Laura. And we um, learned all a bunch of songs, you know, and it was, you know, there was choreography. I mean, they wanted the whole, you know, um, and, you know, and I learned it and I could do it, but because yeah. I practiced every day because we had rehearsals, you know, every day. And if we weren't yes. doing music, then I was working through the steps and, and yeah. trying to get in front of a mirror. So it's not, it's like, you know, these are all things you can, you can apply yourself and, and work on and, right. uh, and get help with. So yeah. you know, that's just what you do, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, the jobs that I have been hired for where I've, where it did require choreography, I just really, really worked on it because that's my weak spot, you know, and mm -hmm. that's, and I did not want to get up on stage or even get into rehearsal, you know, mm -hmm. because there may be no stage if I don't do well in rehearsal. <laughs> that's right. That's really true. <laughs> um, actually, uh, uh... <laughs> this is sad. We're going to save you from yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, this so. is another thing to say, you know, I mean, you and I both are talking about this in the same way. And I guess I would like to say, um, something else that people have said to me is, you know, don't, don't pre-disqualify yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's, you should be realistic and tell people what your abilities are, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, don't assume you're going to fail the audition, you know, yeah. do your best and, and, or do your best on the gig, you know, and, um, cause it is possible to do fine with something that you find difficult, um, with, with practice, you know, um, yeah, I just think that's important to say because I feel like yeah. I do talk to a lot of singers that pre-disqualify themselves or decide not to go on an audition, you know, don't do an audition that maybe they would have been fine on yeah. because they they think, because they pre-disqualify themselves, you know. Yeah. And let, let, them, let them tell you 
you're not what we're looking for. Cause you, you know, sometimes they don't even know what they're looking for or Absolutely. they decide after they see someone that's unusual that, Oh, that would be better. So, you know, I don't know. I just think that's yeah. important. To say. I think that's great advice. I, so true. Absolutely. You don't, you don't know. Sometimes they don't know. And you know, we're not uh, psychic, so you we're don't know what psychic. can happen. You don't know what this can happen. True. <laughs> so, okay. So awesome. You are, you're working with Enrique. How long have you been working with him? Four years this year. Wow. Yeah. So That's he likes you. with a tour. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's given you the, what is it? The noogie or. <laughs> oh, my first, my second gig. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't know if he likes me. And then second gig, he put me in a headlock. Which then the guys were like, that's good. That's a good sign. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> and where have you guys um, traveled? Where have you gone? Oh my gosh. So many weird places I've never been before. We've gone as far as Goa, India. We're going to go to, this next run is actually I leave tomorrow. And we're going to Tel Aviv and wow. then Lisbon, Tel Aviv and Israel, Lisbon, Portugal, then we're going to Moscow, Russia, <laughs> and then we're going to Copenhagen. That's, that's like not unusual for us. <laughs> um, wow. But I know we have confirmed some shows in the, um, in the UK in October um, and other stuff. Um, but we've, we've traveled all over. We did a bus tour of the United States in Canada last year. We've gone to South America and Central America a lot um, in Europe several times so i mean it's kind of all over mm. lebanon then to lebanon wow that was the first <laughs> what was that like i got detained what i got detained by at the airport because they kept asking me i i maybe i shouldn't talk about it i don't know <laughs> but they i was held back from the group because they they kept questioning me about my family like who my family and i was like not really sure what they were getting at and eventually i got I was going in and then they detained me again when I was leaving the country. So I'm not really sure um, why, but um, it's cool. I don't have any criminal record. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's an, in, it's interesting. Uh, they detained traveling. you. One time I got my, I had my hair. For, we were talking about natural hair before we started this interview. Right. Yeah. And um, I think there was one day that I was at the airport and I decided not to wash my hair. So it was just huge. And I know you know what I'm talking about because we've been on tour together. And I remember I know. you experiencing my, my huge morning hair <laughs> um, and being scared. Um, <laughs> so I had huge morning hair this one day at the airport. And they, they told me to turn around. And then I felt them frisking my hair. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> it was a fro frisk. That's right. Fro, fro frisk. I had a fro frisk. I love it. <laughs> I didn't find anything uh, miraculously because, you know, sometimes I find stuff in my own hair. But uh, yeah, anyway. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So that's travel. It's, it's yeah. always, it? it's great. It's, it's, I mean, if, it, yeah, my, the band is, is like family, which happens when you go on, you know, that's right. like, they become Absolutely. your family. Absolutely. Your brothers and the sisters. And, so it's fun. It's like, it's just like traveling summer camp, <laughs> you know, without yeah. sleep, without the sleep. Yes. <laughs> With terrible, terrible sleep. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask you about um, your, your workshop that you have going on, Harmony oh, yeah, at Play. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what, what inspired you to create that? Uh, oh, what inspired me to create that? <laughs> um, well, 
having other singers who like knew that I traveled as a backup singer and that I've been working as a backup singer for several years, many years now, I guess, it, gosh, over 10 years now. So, um, yeah, well over 10 years now. Oh boy. And so, um, they kept, you know, oftentimes other singers would ask me, how do you work on harmony? Like, how do you practice it? And like, no one's teaching it. Mm. Um, you know, voice, voice teachers work on the voice. And I, I'm aware that voice teachers can spend some time on harmony singing, but no one's really kind of showing, um, or I don't know, I don't want to say no one, but I was told that there wasn't much guidance in the area. Yeah, it's not um, a thing. It's not, it's really it's not, not a thing, which astounds yeah. me. I think what people do when they're trying to learn harmony in a place like Los Angeles is they just join a chorus or yes, they go to a class like Gerald's or something, but that's more on reading. That's more like, yeah, you know, it's a different skill. And what I'm teaching has a lot to do with the listening, with the active listening and how to listen. Mm. Um, because, um, you know, when we talked about like, how did I get into singing? May, most of that was harmony singing. Most of it was choral, you know, in school, choir. Um, and I had the benefit of concurrently studying piano and harmonies on the instrument and triads and intervals on the instrument with my hands right. and my eyes. And so then when I went to choir, I already could see, like I already had, yeah. you know, visually what an interval looked like. So I had kind of an idea what, what it looked like on paper to have two notes a specific distance from each other. Mm -hmm. But when when I think about how I learned to sing them, it was really with my friends, um, mm. goofing off singing songs we heard on the radio and splitting up the parts and saying, you sing the high part, I'll sing this part, the middle part, right. and, the middle part. and yeah. how do you find them? And then like debating what the part really was and then going back and listening. I mean, and like, that's kind of what I'm, that's, that's a really simplified version of what I'm working with in in the workshops is like mm. um yeah and it's really interesting to see people's processes <laughs> coming mm. into that because um you know when you go to a voice teacher there's a lot of there obviously the focus is singing and, and sound production and tone and um the physiology of the voice whereas there's the connect you know i i mean i have to credit gerald white because you know he really when i went to his class uh really impressed upon me like it's about He's trying to connect your eyes with your voice mm -hmm. and with your ear. And I'm mm -hmm. trying to help people connect just their ear with their voice. You know? mm -hmm. Because my experience is actually that most of my jobs don't involve sheet music. Yes. Most of them involved repeating something back or learning from a recording or learning from stems. Mm -hmm. um, or making it up. Or, or making it up. And that's another thing um, is that how, how do you make up a harmony? And mm. part of it is that you have to hear it first, you know? Right. So we work on the, the skills as far as like how to hear what's in the music um, mm -hmm. or at least how to hear like what the context is with the chords and, mm -hmm. and all that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. Very cool. And um, it's fun. It's really fun. And it's a small, I keep it small. I keep it to, you know, enough people that I can stroll around and hear people's voices and, yeah. um, you know, much like a yoga teacher does in a yoga class where they'll like, you know, tweak your hip a little, you're <laughs> <laughs> right. like, your, your, um, form isn't perfect. Um, and I don't expect anybody to be perfect in my workshop, of course, but yeah, because um, it's, it's all about learning.
how to do it. And like we talked about earlier, it's okay to be messy when you're learning. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to be. Um, so who's it, who's taken your, who's it for? You know what? That's funny. That's really funny. Cause this last class I had a nine-year-old girl hmm. who I was like hesitant to take, but I was really glad she was in that class because she did approach it like a child and like was really um, hmm. open and did, you know, and she had a, this really funny synopsis of, of, I think I put it on Facebook. She was like about blend and uh, she likened it to making a smoothie out of fruits and vegetables that don't, right. that, that, you know, taste different, look different. And it doesn't seem like they go together, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, but you have to break them apart first and then put them back together. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. Oh, and so there was, there was her. And then there were people um, that were, that I know have done professional singing as soloists, you know, not mm. as harmony singers. Right. You're trying to learn harmonies. That's the other thing. Um, yeah. Uh, people who sing maybe as artists um, or just as solo singers on their gigs and uh, like in cover bands or something and they don't know or they get flustered or nervous if they're asked to put a harmony to something or if they're asked to just like, I mean, you and I have both been on gigs where like, I, I think we've been definitely together been on gigs where um, we get thrown up on stage just mm -hmm. impromptu and then we look at each other and one and one of us points up and one of us points down and then we take you know that person takes the high part and, and you just right. sing and then you listen and you adjust while the song's going on right and like I don't know why that would make some people nervous but it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that's you know um that's part of what people, you know, professional, like people who already sing professionally want to learn how to feel. Yeah. That. Yeah. You know, I was singing for a while before I realized that not every singer is a harmonizer really, yeah. you know? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and what do you find that to be? Is it just a matter of, you know, maybe if you're used to singing lead, mm -hmm. you're, then you're not really thinking about anything like that. You're. Well, that's one, true. Yeah, because yeah. you just have to think about the melody and the main right. and the main lyric. Whereas when you're a backup singer or a harmonizer, you have to think about a different kind of vocal texture, a different kind of structure. Um, you know, you have to think about the harmony structure and the chord movements, right? Because mm -hmm. um, the melody can stay the same, but maybe the chord structure changes around the melody. So it's it's a different kind of hearing. I I I would go back to what I said previously and just say it's learning a different way to hear the song mm. or hear the piece of music. Mm -hmm. I've thought of it. Wi wider than the melody. You know what I mean? Wider than just the melody. Mm. Deeper than just the melody. Do you know what I mean? The layers Absolutely. of the harmony. Yeah. No, I've sort of thought of, um, you know, singing, singing harmony is sort of this almost like separate togetherness. That's kind of one thing. And oh, I love then, that. I'm writing that down. Oh, take it. <laughs> take it if you want it. Um, and then almost thinking of it as its own. I mean, you know, there is logic to um, parts. You know, they, they've all got their own kind of line that they follow. And yeah. almost thinking of that part as its own melody. Like if you're listening. Yeah. You know, absolutely. you know, like that's was, a line. Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. like when I was uh, growing up and kind of teaching myself how to harmonize, I don't even know if I realized I was teaching myself how to harmonize. Oh, yeah. So I was, I'm curious. How did you teach yourself? 
how to harness. How do I teach myself? Well, um, let's see. I had uh, I got my parents Stevie Wonder records, ah. you know, <laughs> and you know his harmonies are sick. So they're deep. They're yeah. very thick and dense and layered. They're, yeah. yeah, it's almost jazzy at, at times, and yeah, yeah. you know, very complicated. So I would pick out and those rhythmically parts. complicated. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but yeah, I would, I would learn those, I mean, I would just listen and listen and listen, you know, just learn mm-hmm. those parts. And also, you know, I'm not going to date myself, but you know, it was, it was, <laughs> <laughs> but I will. It it's was, okay. I've done it already. I've done me. You do you. you. Know, <laughs> I was a kid. It was, it was the nineties. And so, you know, we'd had those like double decker, um, cassette tape oh, the boom boxes. things. Yeah. The boom boxes. Yeah. I would, <laughs> and Mariah Carey was, I loved her. I would buy all of her records. I would listen to all of them. I, I drove my family insane. They mm-hmm. hated me. <laughs> I listened to her so much. But that was also, you know, she was really great with the layering. And the layering. She's got like, I mean, I'm just, just the first thing I thought it was, was like the, the pad, the vocal pads on Vision of Love when that came out. Uh, yes. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> that album was just, I, yeah. I mean, that, that's still my favorite album of hers. And anyway, that's how I learned, you know, I learned all those songs and then I had a double decker, you know, the boom box or whatever. I would record the lead, you know, on oh. one side. And then I would take that tape, I'd put it on to the other side and then put in another tape and then just, you know, keep, I'd hit record and, and that would, would be playing into the new tape and then I'd be singing my harmonies. And so, you know, I, I really learned how to layer in my little bedroom and in, in reality. That's awesome. That's before, <laughs> that's before GarageBand. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I love that you did that. Actually, my, um, my for like one of my birthdays my family got me like this little zoom uh you know digital uh, it was like a two track or something yeah 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 and then I was you know sort of doing it that way and by that time I was kind of writing my own songs and I was but I was still not really an instrumentalist so I was doing just everything acapella I was just always thinking vocally and hearing you know the music in my head mm-hmm. and um you know so I, I was making stuff up and you know so it's now it's like second nature to me to just kind of make up, you know, uh, yeah. make up harmonies and doing it. That's so, great. Yeah. yeah. That's how well, I, that's it's how funny. I, Cause now they have, you know, that they have like apps on your phone. You can do that sort of thing with, but I love that you were so into it as a kid that you like yeah. got the double boom box and like <laughs> low fi it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I wonder what happened to those tapes, but yeah, I, I, I just, know. I want a copy. <laughs> if I find them, uh, I will for sure. Well, you, you can listen. I don't know if anybody. <laughs> I'll, you know what? We can have an embarrassing demo playoff with each other. I do have, I do have some embarrassing. Oh things. my gosh. Yeah. I got a lot of embarrassing things yeah. in my past, yeah. um, <laughs> but I digress. Um, so <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> the, the harmony workshop yeah and you know the other thing that i talk about in my workshops is just kind of the psychological mindset of mm-hmm. being a harmony singer which is definitely different than when you're a solo performer where mm-hmm. you're just a, it's just pure expression and and uh you know you have the freedom to express the song and the melody and the lyric mm-hmm. the way you want right um whereas when you're a harmony singer of course you want to be a, expressive but if you have other people you're harmonizing with um whose voices you have no control over you know there's a level of 
setting your ego aside mm -hmm. um, and relinquishing control and having a, a just acceptance of the situation. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself crazy because you're always there's always the potential you're going to end up with a singer that's challenging either personality wise or um, tone wise or that refuses to blend with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like these things right. you have absolutely no control over. Mm. But you know, harmony is more than just a musical concept. It's it's a, a larger concept of mm. of um, you know spiritual, mental, physical psychological emotional harmony is mm. part of what a harmony singer does because mm. by nature a harmony singer is not a solo singer right right so there's at least one other person that you need to be uh in alignment with um mm. and uh that's really important um we talked about earlier like nobody wants you on the tour bus if you can't be uh, in sync with the people who are on the tour bus <laughs> already right you know well Nobody wants a harmony sing singer in a section who is going to be a drama queen all the time or who's going to be bossy. And, you know, I mean, there's amount of consensus that happens on harmony gigs um, that everyone needs to be comfortable with. Um, and of course, some people will definitely be more qualified to make calls on. But, you know, but basically, I don't know. I think a good harmony singer is able to serve the song and serve the section and serve the parts, you know, in a way that is not imposing their ego on it. Does that make sense? Or imposing right. the ego on the situation. Absolutely. Um, and that's something that I, I gently am introducing in these workshops because I don't, it's sort of talked about in some of the, the coaching that I've had and, and education I've had, but, uh, I just feel like that's something a lot of people tell me is new to them, you know, that, mm. that, that um, even just musically, like when I was talking about listening, you know, the parts are there, like you talked about Stevie Wonder. Mm -hmm. um, we used Mr. Know-It-All in my last workshop. Mm. And, and there are times where, you know, some parts poke out more than others. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if it's two-part, it's two-part. If it's three-part, two-part. I want the listeners in my workshop to tell, be able to tell me very clearly what they hear. And um, yeah, some people were hearing, were expecting a high note and then I'd play it again and it wasn't there, but they were just hearing it, which is great for improvising. Mm -hmm. But if you're being given parts, you know, to sing, yeah. you don't want to sing something that's not there. Mm -hmm. If, if the arranger or the composer or the artist doesn't want it to be there. Mm. And to, and to do that is lack of acceptance of what's actually there. Ooh. We're serving the song. Absolutely. We are serving the song. We've got a common goal. We just want to make the song sound good. And we're supporting, it, we're you know, supporting the lead singer. Exactly. That's beautiful. So my last question, um, what advice do you have for singers maybe who are starting out or maybe they are hitting a bump in the road? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I want to say to those people? Well, when I remember having the lulls in my work where I wasn't sure that I was going to work again <laughs> mm. or, or, you know, what I would do um, to get to the next month of rent, um, when, it when I felt like I was invisible to the entire industry <laughs> and to the entire, you know, audience out there, um, mm. 
I guess just always remember why you wanted to sing. You know, I loved singing when I was a kid because it made me feel good. It helped me feel connected with existence. Um, you know, I just love music and, it, and I, just, I just felt like it was just something I was supposed to be doing. Um, you know, I know I've been asked the question, what would you do if you get, you know, what would you do even if you didn't get paid for it? And, you know, singing is something you can always do. Um, I feel like that's something when I'm teaching, I feel like this is a gift that I can leave people, mm. you know, is just if they feel more comfortable singing, then maybe they'll do it more and then they'll always have it. Um, you know, cause I always have it anywhere, you know, I have it if I'm walking around by myself, I have it when I'm doing the dishes, you know, I'll have it when I'm, when I'm old and gray and, um, and I, st I had it, I still had it when I wasn't working, you know, mm. um, I guess just remember why you wanted to do it in the first place. Mm. Um, approach opportunities with gratitude. I feel like that's so cliche, but it's so true. And that yeah. people notice mm -hmm. when you show up like that. And that's not, you know, the outer recognition of that is not, you know, the point. It's so that you can show up and, and be fully in whatever musical moment you're in. Um, I feel like I have heard myself say to other friends who are having a hard time, you just have to have faith that, you know, keep working on your craft and you'll be ready when the opportunity does come by, you know, and if not, you can make whatever music you want because your craft will be there and, and you can do with it what you want, you know, it's yours. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what list where listeners are whoever's listening to this podcast where you are with you know think believing in something bigger than yourself or the universe or um the higher power sort of concept but like i believe that there's a reason that i have been given these gifts and mm. um you know one of my teachers sent me um this just this quote about like you know you you have unique gifts and abilities and if you don't use them then the world will never know you know they'll never mm. it'll, they'll never exist and no one will benefit from them you know mm. Whereas, you know um i am really glad that i didn't quit i was being encouraged by someone in my life several years ago you know sally maybe you should get a job and then at least you can do your singer songwriter stuff on the side and you can pay for the records and you know and whatever. And um, I'm really glad I didn't listen to that person because now I'm singing in front of 15, 20,000 people mm. a night. And, um, and I can still do my, my own music. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I can, I have, I just have some freedoms that, um, and I can be of service. I'm really glad that like, I used to freak out when we'd be home from tour. And now I'm like, I have this opportunity in this time while we have breaks to have, to, to share my experience in these workshops and mm. help these people who hounded me for a couple of years saying, won't you please teach me how to do what you do? Mm. And, um, and it's, it's been definitely a two way street with the teaching. I'm really glad that I started to do it. I was really mm. hesitant to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can help people who, who want that kind of help and I'm happy to do that and be available to them. 
Um, what else do I want to say? Um, I don't know. Just, just don't get too far in the future. Cause you know, you look too far in the future, you're looking at your own death and who wants to live there? <laughs> you're not living your life. You're not enjoying mm. practicing your craft. You're not enjoying singing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, singing is something you totally have to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you're thinking back to that note that there was a clam a couple of measures ago, or you're thinking ahead to the next one, the high note that you're worried isn't going to be a clam, you're not in your expression and you're not in your flow. Mm. Um, you know, and that really, you know, just do what it is you need to do next. If you need to write some emails to people to let them know you're available for gigs, do it. And then if you need to practice your piano and, and you know, or go on a phone app and practice intervals, do that. That's, you know, if, if you're watching television, you know, when you feel like you should be practicing, then turn the TV on, you know, that's mm -hmm. not to say you can't like chill out and watch TV, but you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like there's always something you can do mm -hmm. um, to work on your craft. Come to my workshop. I'll help you out or, or <laughs> watch some videos. I mean, listen to some podcasts like right now, like you're, you're doing, I think you're doing a great service trying to get some of this information out to singers because I didn't really have that when I started out. This podcasting mm -hmm. wasn't a thing. And I actually do listen to a lot of like, now that I've started teaching, especially, and now, mm -hmm. you know, that I've entered the world of entrepreneurship, like mm -hmm. these things really help. Um, yeah. You know, call another singer that is having a hard time and take them to coffee and tell them it's going to be okay. And you end in the, you know, yeah, you can do something, you know, to, to get yourself through that period if it's rough. Um, yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's beautiful. And I thank you so much. I wanted to talk to you because, you know, I'm always so inspired after our conversations and uh, me too. I know. Uh, I want to do a podcast now because of you. <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, absolutely do it. We, you know, we need more singers. Yes. Wonderful. We could harmonize together. <laughs> Ooh. Well, you know what? You're on the list now because now we've done this. I'm like, oh, I've got to talk to Jamila because we have definitely been harmonized together and we have lots to talk about as far as harmony. <laughs> oh, you know what I will say too, which didn't come up is that when we were on the Melody Tour together, um, our voices were so similar that sometimes, oh. most of the time, I could not <laughs> tell who was who and what I was doing. And We would do that thing where it's like, we'd both adjust and then we'd both go completely <laughs> off and then we'd come back to the note and he's like, is that my voice or her voice? Like, Wait a second. I know. <laughs> What's happening? Which is lovely. Is, that is such a good it problem is. to have when you're with It me. is. It's absolutely <laughs> nice. It really does beat somebody who's like, you know, maybe stepping on your note or is just off altogether and <laughs> <laughs> all of that. Right. So anyway, so, you know, lovely harmonizing and talking with you and I just love you so much. And well, I, really I love you too, Jamila. Thank you for having me. Um, oh. I'm excited about your new podcast. Oh, uh, thanks, love. Oh, and tell everybody where we can find you. <gasps> oh. And about oh. your, uh, tell us where we can find out about your uh, your workshop. Oh, okay. Well, my website is uh, celiachavez.com. C-E-L-I-A-C-H-A-V is in Victor, E-Z is in zoo.com. Um, if you're wondering about the workshops, it's at uh, on the coaching tab. You can click on that, and I sh there are links to uh, Eventbrite where you can find information on the Los Angeles workshops. Uh, the goal is to have it be a touring workshop, so we'll see. Um, I gotta kind of sort out the details of that. Um, there's also music. I have several recordings, and you can find those on my music tab of my of my website. Um, 
there's a calendar page. You can see where I'm singing with Enrique around on tour. Um, and also I'll be doing some more shows this summer, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, there's records that you can purchase off um, iTunes or Amazon, or you could write me an email and I'll send you a copy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. I, have a, I have a record out called Dare to Love that I just made with, with uh, my producer, Jeff Babco, that's lovely and has harmony on it, some of it. And uh, yeah. Beautiful. Buy the record and then learn how to harmonize along with it. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Cells. Thanks, Jammy Jam. Love you, girl. I love you too. Okay, guys, so thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I always love talking to Celia. She's always uplifting for me. Um, and before I sign off with you, I just want to give you a few of the quick um, lessons that I wrote down from this conversation that I think will be useful for you to maybe incorporate and think about later. Number one, be open, cool, and easy to work with. Number two, get out and get heard. Find jams and open mics so people know what you do. They know what you sound like. Number three, no gig is too small. You took the gig, so treat it with value. Use the opportunity to develop your work ethic and your craft. Number four, singers hire other singers. Find any opportunity you can to meet other singers, support other singers, go to open mics, join a choir, um, take a sight singing class, by the way, um, Celia, that's how Celia and I met. Um, we met at Gerald White's sight singing class here in Los Angeles. It's on Wilshire Boulevard in the SAG Act After Building. And you can get more information on that class at lasightsinger.com. That's L-A-S-I-G-H-T-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. So that's a great place to not only keep your chops up, but meet other singers. And I've met many good friends in that class. Number five, don't pre-disqualify yourself before an audition. Don't get too in your head um, about things you've got no control over, which is what the judge or the person who's hiring you is going to be thinking. All you can do is come in prepared. Um, if there is something that you don't know how to do well enough, try to go to a class, try to get a coach, to help you work out any kinks that you have so you can go into that audition feeling confident. Number six, there is no linear progression to finding success in this career. Like you heard with Celia, I mean, she had a 10-year gap um, with her music. And really, before that, she had just scratched the surface. So um, it just shows, said to me, like how innate something like this is, you know, how pulled down she felt not doing it not doing music not singing not really writing songs and how she really flourished and bloomed and and just grew once she embraced that part of herself again you know and now she's doing so well and I'm sure that during those 10 years you know nobody could have told her and she wouldn't have believed that she'd be out on the road with pink or Enrique Iglesias, or Melody Gardot. And, you know, she and I got the chance to sing back up for Seal at one point. We did a one-off for him. So you just don't know. And nobody can tell you what success is, or when it's going to happen for you, or how it's going to happen, or what it should look like for you. You have to determine that for yourself. 
So again, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me at www.jamilaford.com. That's J-A-M-I-L-A-F-O-R-D.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Jamila Ford Music. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and rate the Working Singer podcast and tell your friends all about it. Love you, appreciate you, and I will talk to you next week. Take care.